0: Hello horror fans, Anchor Pete here. Oh boy, are you ready for an episode on Scare Package? Chris, Future Boy Chris on Twitter, and Danny, Dr. Zayas G-O-D Twitter, sat down and discussed every mini movie within this horror movie anthology. The three of us are huge fans of Scare Package and we've loved the movie ever since we saw it on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. If you want to see the video for this Episode, head on over to YouTube, type in three words in the search, the Lasser Cast, and there you will see this review along with a ton of other horror content and all of our handsome faces. So sit back and relax and listen to Chris, Danny, and I discuss Scare Package. Package is a little different from what we've been talking about. Uh, it is an anthology movie, and so it's got a bunch of little movies inside of it, right? So I am super excited about talking about Scare Package tonight. So for this movie, it's kind of interesting. I, I figure we can kind of go piece by piece and do each individual movie. You guys kind of tell me your thoughts, and we'll also talk about, like, who made the movie, too. And, and if Absolutely. you guys have some, like, uh, tidbits and stuff about each movie, like anything you know about behind the scenes, bring it on. So um, overall, the, the movie overall is put together by Aaron B. Kuntz, right? And it was released in 2019 and it premiered on Shudder, right? On, the, on Joe Bob's show?
1: Joe Bob had the, the premiere when it got to Shudder. It was one of, it, I think it was the first movie that he's done in The Last Drive-In that was a official premiere. Uh, and that was during the summer. Yeah. So it, it, it was... It, Officially came out in 2019, but I think it's big premiere stuff, uh, premiere dates were in 2020.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I watched that episode. I think you guys watched it episode two, right? Yep. And I, I just, I loved it. I fell in love with the movie watching it that night.
2: It's crazy, especially for The Last Drive-In, a perfect film oh, for The Last Drive-In. Yeah. For so for so many reasons, that will eventually get to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and so, Aaron B. Coons, he's one of the directors, but he's kind of like the, the leader behind the project, right? And, and so, Joe Bob even says this on that episode where anthology movies tend to have like about four stories in them, but this one, they just go overboard, and they essentially have eight movies in one.
1: So, it's funny, cause I wrote down like a list of horror anthologies, and what you normally get is, like you said, you, you normally get like the three or four 15-minute stories or 20-minute stories with the wraparound. But then you, there's also this other uh, group of horror anthologies that's like, let's throw as many 90-second to four-minute movies, uh, shorts, into like the ABCs of horror series. I think there's two of those now. Yeah, there's yeah, literally 26 short movies oh, in wow. two hours. Uh, there's been a few more like that, but I think... This one is, it's, it's interesting because it's, you know, there's almost two wraparound stories with a bunch of uh, shorter, you know, the lengths of the uh, movies in the anthology differ, and we'll talk more about that as we go along, but yeah. rewatching it today, I-, I noticed how definitely different this is than other horror anthologies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It has a, uh, it has a, it, it, the wraparound story is, is, uh, bookended by a cold open that is called cold open. It's right. bookended by a cold open. Uh, and then, like, well, we're not giving anything away yet. The wraparound story turns into the final segment.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just so you guys know, we're going to be talking spoilers, right? From now on. And, like you guys were saying, this is a little different from other anthologies. This episode tonight is going to be a little different from our usual Lasser Cast show. You know, usually we do kind of serious deep dives, talking about like character motivation and direction. This is all about just having fun and what we enjoyed about each one of these different movies, right? So um, with the cold open, that's the first one. That's the first segment. That was directed by um, Emily Hagens. And um, I actually really enjoyed that one very much. One of you guys want to just like kind of you know summarize that one real quick?
1: Uh, uh, so you basically uh, it opens with um, the actor's name is John Michael Simpson. You later find out that his actual name, the character name, is Michael Myers, but he goes by Mike.
2: Right.
1: Uh, and he apparently he he like never gets a character name. It's super duper meta. Everything about this movie from beginning to end is super duper meta. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can like uh, Aaron B. Koontz and all the writers and directors wear their influences right out on their sleeves. You can tell. Um, And, and basically he decides that he wants to become more of a character. So he like knocks on uh, the door of this house where two girls are babysitting and he accidentally ends up being responsible for their deaths <laughs> while dressed like a, a pale-faced killer who is named Mike Myers. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's there's tons of great little meta jokes in there. Uh, his friend who he's boxing with at the beginning is a cop who can't seem to hit any vital organs and <laughs> always always hits the person she's aiming for in the shoulder, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's just a great little way to open the story. And yeah. set you up.
0: And, and so, um, you know, the the director, um, you know, uh, Emily Haggins, right? She also contributed to VHS. Now, have you guys seen VHS? Is, there, yes. is, is that a, a mini series or is that a movie?
1: It's a collection of, no, it, there, it, it, there's, I think there's three films now. Okay. I, I don't know if I saw the third one, but the the first two are excellent. They're like found footage anthologies. Uh, basically, there's like a collection of videotapes and each one you're watching um, like home video kind of footage and it's, there's some real creepy and really good stuff in there.
0: Yeah. Well, um, well, it says that for that one, she directed a uh, part called First Kiss. Do you guys remember First Kiss in either of those?
2: Is it, is, Danny, is that the one that they did the spinoff
1: from? The girl uh, with the... I, uh, yeah, if, if that's... That <laughs> was my know. first audit. No, no. Yeah, she's
2: not, she's, one she's, one not a, a she's not a predator, Pete, but her, her face does somewhat open up. She's a, oh, she's a, uh, she's a siren. Yeah, you find out she's a siren. So I'm thinking, first kiss. If that's the first VHS, that's the only one that I could think of. But yeah. VHS, VHS, and VHS two are excellent. Definitely, yeah. definitely check those out. Yeah.
0: Well, well, watching Scare Package definitely has put me in the mood for anthologies, you know. And um, yeah. this this one in general, like Scare Package. I don't know about you guys, but Scare Package in general reminded me of Creek Show a lot. I loved.
1: Creepshow is the gold standard horror anthology. I feel like it, it, if we were doing one of those YouTube shows where you literally just did like a ranking, like Creepshow is God tier. And like probably Trick or Treat is, oh, yeah. is now up there. Yeah, um, yeah, And then, like, you could throw, like, the original Tales from the Crypt from, like, 1972.
2: Absolutely. Tales from the Crypt, my, I mean, g- you know, getting off the, the scare package topic for a second, because we're going to talk about horror anthologies, but, yes. I mean, if you go back and watch the original Tales from the Crypt and Bolt of Horror, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the those amicus horror anthologies from the 60s and 70s, Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt are those are like you're talking gold standard and then Creepshow comes along in the 80s. And that's like the next gold standard. And like you said, uh, like Danny said, Tales from the Dark Side, which just recently wow. got put out by Screen Factory on Blu-ray after having never been on Blu-ray and possibly never even on DVD, finally got a Blu-ray release. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's terrific. But um very back to, I uh, guess one thing I want to say about this, I know we talked about it a while ago, P. I believe Danny and I spoke about uh, Behind the Mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon, yeah. And and I don't think you had seen it at the time, uh, and I bring it up because I get major Leslie Vernon vibes in this cold open, except they're having it's the same vibes, but they're having more fun with uh, with the content, it's very much you know, these tropes and these characters in these scenarios, um, explained, uh, you know, uh, n- uh, not so subtly to the viewer.
0: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous how they, they die too, right? Like with the first girl, like, she he cuts himself, and then his blood is on the floor, and then she slips, right, and onto the knife in the throat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And, and, and we didn't mention that there's all these little segments in that part where he's like making a doll be cursed and he's trying yeah. to sell a haunted house to this <laughs> couple.
1: I oh, that's a great that. yeah. Just don't turn around. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but look over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <as> like <laughs> what we were just saying, like you brought up the meta and the tropes and, and we were talking about creep show. The guys who made this movie are – they're kind of our age. They're in yes. their like they they're born in 1980. Well, uh, was Aaron B. Koontz was born in 1980. I looked him up on IMDb. I'm born in 82. I think Chris is 82. Yeah. We're all, we're all yeah. So we're all like in our late 30s, uh, and you could tell that these filmmakers saw Creepshow when they were young, and then they came of age with Scream, and they basically said, "Ooh." we're we are the randy meeks of the world and we loved creep show let's make a movie yeah. and that's that's really what it felt like i feel like they even bring up some, uh, the the guy uh, rad chad actually calls himself randy meeks later in the movie
2: oh, yeah yeah
0: yes, that does yes yeah. yeah so you know speaking of the creep show you guys i know chris you actually have like a creep show mask of that uh stephen king story right
2: like- oh, I have a uh, yes. I have I have a a uh, um, a Jordy Veril, uh, uh mask from a company called London 1888. They make. By the way, London 1888. I have no reason to shout them out, but they're. I mean, aside from the fact that they're terrific, they have a mask sale running all the time. It's buy two get one free, and they're fifteen dollars a mask. So I bought a Jordy Verrill mask for myself, and I bought Denise and I, uh, my girlfriend Denise and I. Um, Matching masks from the Twilight Zone "Eye of the Beholder" episode, oh, where they have cool. one's one's the nurse face and one's the like the smoking guy face, but they have the curled lip and the nose. I'm like, I can't wait to wear these together somewhere. You know? Yeah, yeah, heck yeah! Well, I mean,
0: like the the reason why I was even bringing up your mask is because the next movie that's in this segment, or the you know, the next one in the, the queue is um, "One Time in the Woods," and that's the one where like <laughs> a guy melting, essentially. And that kind of yep. reminded me of two creep show stories. It reminded me of the, the Stephen King one, and it also reminded me of the one where they're on the raft, and there's a, that like, that tar creature that comes up out of the water, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, so I feel like that was a real strong influence for that one. And um, One Time in the Woods was directed by Chris McInroy. And so... Um,
1: I, I don't know. But, yeah, I... I remember the first time I saw this on Joe Bob's and I remember laughing out loud to the point where I missed jokes because I was laughing so hard and uh, I was, I was great, really great tired dialogue. this afternoon. I, I was really tired this afternoon and this, this uh, uh, part of the mo- this mo- short film in the anthology woke me right up and I was back. I was hysterical laughing. My daughter was on a Zoom girl scout event and she like came out of the kitchen to tell me to quiet down because i was laughing so hard
2: yeah i wrote I, I made sure to write down some of my favorite dialogue which is easily the best dialogue <laughs> in the whole film uh sticks won't work you fucks amazing um that, that that guy's blood's getting on my blood love that and then the guy and then they <laughs> can't even say it without laughing <laughs> I've I've got a butterfly ankle tattoo. I'll never enjoy it now. <laughs> I was um, about is, to run a marathon. Can can we all say right now that this is the best? Yes. Yes. It's it's, and, it's 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 almost a disservice to start out so high.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But
2: it's it's the be, it's, it's so it's the best one.
1: Yeah. I, I wrote down my favorite line, which was, God damn it, I think my eyes are gonna fall out. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I also just wrote, gooey, so gooey. Yeah. Yeah. The practical yeah. effects team that worked on this part yes. of the movie, holy hell, give them a bigger budget and let them go yeah. crazy because they knocked this out of the park. This was about like, what, five to six minutes total the whole one time in the woods part yeah, yeah. and it's got some of the best damn effect. I mean, the whole movie the practical effects are fantastic but yes. in this scene particularly it's just wow now yeah. listen
2: i want to I tell the viewers that we are going to rank these in the end so i apologize if i basically blew everyone but, but i mean it's so if you've seen the film and you're watching this you you know where we're all gonna. I mean, I can't imagine anyone watching Scare Package and not feeling like it's 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 one time in the woods. It's just yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, yeah, man. yeah.
0: So I mean, I agree. I remember watching Joe Bob and just like I was like, oh, the movie's gonna be like this. I'm totally
1: on board for this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Pete, uh, don't forget, in between the cold open and this is the whole intro to Red Shed. Right. So, that's
0: yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Rad Chad, like you said before, um, he, he even calls himself like the Randy of the movie. And so throughout the movie, he's kind of pointing out horror tropes left and right, especially at the end. He's really pointing out horror tropes. Yeah. And um, Rad Chad, he works in the video store and um, the it's called um, Rad Chad's
2: Horror Emporium.
0: Right, right. And and so in the, in the window, I, I noticed it was kind of interesting. He has like a scare package where you can get a bunch of movies, you know, in a bundle. Yeah. And it's such a good mechanic that used use throughout the movie because every time you wanna to cut to another movie, essentially like someone can open up a tape or they can be like, oh, have you seen this movie? And they just start talking about it. So it's a great way to transition uh, into different scenes.
2: N- not only not only does Rad Chad have the killer convertible top, the Freddy Krueger convertible yes. top. Yes. Not only does he have a Joe Bob air freshener and his business's logo is based off of the Last Drive-In font. He is fucking adorable. Yes. I <laughs> love Rad. I, Ra- I want to know Rad Chad. I want to – he's like a less obnoxious Randy from Scream. Right, but like he is just, oh, he's the, he's the best. And I'm going to throw this out there right now. This may be, uh, it may not be shocking. This is easily my favorite wraparound story in a horror anthology maybe ever. Like, it's, it's I, I love the original Tales from the Crypt wraparound story, which is essentially just the subjects meeting with the Crypt Keeper. And I love the wraparound story for the *Tales from the Dark Side* movie with Debbie Harry from Blondie and little Matthew Lawrence about to get put in the oven. (laughs) Being that we all grew up in this era, I just love three guys hanging around a video store.
1: Yeah, and we We all all, we all had that, and and I probably was this person for my. For group of, that that uh, that guy who keeps trying to get the job in the video store, who knows <laughs> everything about movies and is super obnoxious about it. I I probably yeah. was that guy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, yeah. Well, um, that that guy. You know, um. So that his name is uh Sam, and he's got that shirt right. The wanna talk wanna taco about Jesus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I also just love how like Chad's, uh job interview is like. Do you have a way to get to work? Good. Favorite final girl, Laurie or Nancy? Okay. Yeah. Which is the better sequel, Troll 2 or Season of the Witch? And I'm just like, that would have been my job. Like, I worked in a movie theater for two years. That was my first job. And like, if somebody wanted a job there, I'd be like, so what's your favorite movie that came out this year? Titanic? No, sorry. Get <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I
2: think the guy that played Sam,
1: though,
0: I'm pretty sure he directed one of the movies, too, in the I, lineup.
1: Some of the, some of the actors, uh, some of the writers and directors also starred throughout. Uh, I, I know, like, there's a, we'll see more of that as we go on. Where?
2: Yeah, Baron, Baron Vaughn starred in and directed uh, so much to do. And uh, we could talk about that or not talk about that. That's where we get to it. It's up to you.
0: <laughs> Chris, you showing the cards you. again, man. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I, I think Chris and I are going to, our, our lists are going to be bookended very, <laughs> very similarly. Similarly. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think, I'm
2: feeling
1: I think I can predict- we're
2: all, it's, it's, all going to be. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, the very next one after uh, One Time in the Woods is Mr. Right? M-I-S-T-E-R? Right. Right, and so the one, uh, Noah Segan is the one that directed that one. And I know that he's an actor and he's in it. He's the main character. And then um, he's also in um, some like Ryan Johnson movies too.
1: He's in every yeah, Ryan yeah.
0: Johnson movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah he's, I,
2: in Brick, he's in Brick. He's in Brick. He's in Looper. He's in Last Jedi. He's in Knives Out. He's essentially, they call him uh, Johnson's good luck charm because he, he appears in all of Johnson's films.
1: So, so which? And one I think he, he dies in-, in most of them.
2: Oh, Yeah. Who, who's he in Last Jedi? He's, a, he's an X-Wing pilot. Oh, I'm, okay. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's just an X-Wing pilot.
0: Okay. And then um, in Looper, I, I could have sworn I've seen, I remember him from Looper. Is he like a thug or something that works for like Jeff Daniels or? I
1: think
0: so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about Mr. for a second. All right. So I remember watching this on the last drive-in and I remember I was like live tweeting along with it and it goes through it. I'm like, I tweet, oh, it's not Fight Club. He's a Winchester. Right? Like the Winchesters from Supernatural. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know, wait, wait, I fucked up my thing already. Oh, it's not a fight club. They're werewolves. Oh, he's not a douchebag. He's a Winchester. Then I'm like, oh, wow. he's not a Winchester. He's a satanic cultist. Right? So it's like, there's all these reveals in Mister. Right? And yeah. um, I, I felt like that kind of lessened that particular film. You know, just like, it was like, oh, here's a reveal. And then here's a reveal. It's like a little too yeah. much. Like, basically, yeah. if you just start with one, it'd
2: be good. I, I, so, I, like the, I like the idea that there's, it's like a, essentially a group of man babies. Like, that's really the point. Yes. Um, uh, and again, we've established the werewolves. I like that when one of them wolfs out, he looks like a grown Eddie Munster. I think <laughs> we all <laughs> spotted that dude.
1: Chris, Chris had turned, Chris had turned me on to uh, the King cast. And, and thank God for that, because I, I, have been using the King cast when I go running a lot. It's, it's perfect. They're like an an hour and 10 minutes long. And I usually run for about 50 minutes. So I knock out three quarters of it on my run. And Noah Segan was just on. Oh, uh, really? Talking about. Perhaps I think we'd all agree the greatest King adaptation, the Langoliers. (laughs) Uh, And it's a hilarious podcast. Um, and it's great, but he was talking about how like him and his wife collect uh, all the hardcover like Stephen King's, and my wife collected them, my father collected them, so it was just really cool listening, and the baby that's in the Satanic Ritual uh, is actually, I looked in the credits, and it's, the last name is Segan, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, because he directed that, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's his daughter, but also, um, just to bring up Stephen King for one second, I think one of the reasons I love horror anthologies is because I got into Stephen King because of the short stories. Yes. Like, the first Stephen King thing I read was Cycle of the Werewolf, which was essentially a graphic novel. Uh, And after that, like, night shift, skeleton crew, it was like... I would, you know, you brought up Creepshow too. I looked for The Raft, which I think is in Creepshow, uh, which is in, um, it's either Night Shift or Skeleton Crew. And I remember like reading all those short stories. And I feel like if you're a reader of horror short stories and like I love H.P. Lovecraft, Clive Barker's Books of Blood, yeah, it, the transition from that to horror anthology movies is, you know, it, it's seamless.
0: Yeah. It's sliding on a pile of green goo, right? Just yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you go get that goo and bring it
0: over here? Which <laughs> is my goo, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to need that for when I come back.
2: <laughs>
0: so um, I, you know, I didn't write down the actual order of the, the sequences. I want to make sure I have them in the right order. But I'm pretty sure that after Mr., the next one is Girl's Night Out of Body, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. I just want to say one thing I just loved about Mr. Is so it reminded me of no ma'am from, um,
0: married with children,
1: married with children but how, oh like, toxic, how like obnoxiously toxic, the masculinity was for those guys. They are the lamest werewolves ever. Yes. Like, and I think that yes. that was intentional. Like they yes. look so, there's like one guy who's literally transforming and he's just like this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's it, and, and and it's like he has like four hairs on his face, and that's yeah. it, and it's it's just perfect. Yeah, that they're the lamest werewolves ever.
0: Yeah, I think like when it came when we saw it on uh, the Last Drive In, that movie Onward had just been on, right? And like one of the werewolves looks like the main kid in Onward. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: wow, yeah, I know you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so um, Girls Night Out of Body. I'm thinking that maybe we are. Not as big a fan of each of us, but um, that one was directed by uh, a pair of sisters. Um, it was Courtney Andu- Andujar and Hilary Andujar. And um, when I looked them up on IMDb, what was kind of interesting was that they both worked in the art department for the movie um, Thank You, for, I mean.
1: Shit. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they they worked in the, they were the production designers for, I know Chris, I still haven't seen this movie, but Chris recommended it to me last year, The Wind. They were the production designers on The Wind. And they worked in the art department and were graphic designers for my numbers one and two films in 2018, which were Sorry to Bother You and Blind Spotting which I found incredible. Like yeah. that they worked on both of those movies because those are freaking great movies. Wow. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah, I actually love Sorry to Bother
0: You very much too and so that, that's cool that you loved it so much, Danny. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I think that the design in that uh, in that particular film, in uh, Girls Not Out of Body, I like the, the skeleton faces that they had, you know, and it, and it had a different look from all the other segments but it just didn't seem like the story was there.
1: It, yeah, It's yeah. one of the shorter ones also. It it yeah, I think it was like it's, short. yeah, like it, it that's one thing again. Like just re- having rewatched it a couple hours ago, you you notice that there's uh, a very stark difference in the times. That like I think girl Girls Night Out of Body is like it feels like it's like three minutes long. Like it starts and then it ends, and then there's some like the the last one which we'll get to, which goes on what 25-30 minutes. So yeah uh, i mean, i didn't hate this one i i it wasn't my favorite but i i i enjoyed it yeah.
2: it's it, it's i thought i thought it was i thought it was fine like i said i, I didn't hate it I, I definitely didn't love it i thought it was fine i love that though with a wraparound story going into it the film is listed in uh, i wrote it down Postmodern feminist slasher revenge body horror in the video store in Ratchet. That is <laughs> nice. one, one movie in that section. That's the name of the section, which is another thing that I love about this film in that it, it takes horror seriously as a genre uh, in, in terms of love and appreciation, but it's also not afraid to poke fun at how serious horror fans can be about the genre and subgenres. It's very aware of that.
0: All right. So we kind of all agree on girls not out of body uh, I'm kind of wondering what you guys think about the night he came back again part four the final kill
2: I think that's a, I think that's a solid one I enjoyed that one I enjoyed it from I've probably seen a scare package three or four times at this point uh, and that one was one that I liked from the beginning because the main thing I like about it is the main character Daisy is it's called uh, the night he came home again, part four, because the character Daisy has been through this three times before. And it seems that she's with a new cast of characters every time. But what right. I love about it is that Daisy is very self-aware of what's going on, and every other character is playing a heart like playing themselves as a parody. You know, there's no subtlety to their character. Like no. the douchey the douchey boyfriend who just wants to get laid is Vocalizes that he's a douche that just wants to get laid. Yeah, right. You know, like every character is very self-aware, and uh, and 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 Daisy Daisy is as well, but she also brings the experience to the table. Yes. All right. Right. I have to say this. There's one thing about this segment that that it's really the only thing that bugs me. The scare package poster says, "Um, oh shit. Um, it says like, I forget. Know this? Oh no, Seven Tales of Terror." seven this no working cell phones right right this is a goddamn cell phone in the set like I listen i'm not gonna lose sleep over it but i'm like she uses and i and i only noticed that this time i'm huh. like i guess if it took me four times to finally notice that it says no cell phones on the poster right and she uses a cell phone it's really not that big of a deal but i thought it was worth pointing out <laughs> Yeah. I like
1: that uh, Chris said, like she's been through this. It's part four. She's been through this three times, and I noticed that she she actually says, um, she's like, you, when what the, the movie starts, where the killer attacks her and her all of her friends jump on top of the killer, and she goes something to the effect of, "You've you've done this to me at a cabin, a county fair, and a summer camp," and I'm like, "Oh well, there's parts one, two, and three. Now we're exactly yeah." Uh, I I like this one. I I wrote down it it has a very Club Dread feel to it because that's one of my favorite cheesy horror comedies, Um, especially the scene where uh, the the idea of just no matter what you do to this killer, no matter how ridiculous it gets, the killer just doesn't die to the point where legs literally (laughs) come come to life and kill somebody. Right.
0: They shove fireworks down his throat, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's, there's definitely a uh, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell relationship going on between director Anthony Cousins and the girl who plays Daisy because they just love covering this girl in all sorts of shit. Blood yes. Yes. Flying, flying viscera, and uh, and also I mean, there was a laugh out loud moment, at least for me anyway, where they they get the killer down and they're getting ready to hook a car battery up to him and they put the clamps on his nipples and she's like none of his nipples and they're like isn't that where they go and they're like yeah isn't that where they go but she's like what is that even like why would they go there and i'm like yeah why would they go there like i was like having these horror realizations while watching this.
0: right right I-, I love right after that sequence too when the guy goes to put the stethoscope on him and he's like i'm pre-med i can do this and his head blows up right <laughs> <laughs> and then his girlfriend's like, he was pre-med, right? I, I love that.
1: <laughs> I also noticed that, like, it was at this point re-watching it that I really noticed that not only, that, like, each, each of the movies is t- kind of, like, dissecting its own little horror genre, which you know, it goes back to, Chris had mentioned about how, like, it shows reverence to the horror genre, but in a playful way. So you have, like, uh, one time in the woods is, like, mutants and mutated Things, misters, werewolves, girls' night out of body is like, uh, I guess, like haunted, uh, cursed objects. Uh, uh, then you have uh, a slasher in this one, like a typical part four uh, slasher movie, uh, and then it just all comes together with, you know, the final one where it's just kind of everything thrown in there. Yeah, my I think my major issue with Scare Package as a movie is. For a horror anthology and an hour and forty seven minutes is kind of pushing time wise yes. how long yeah. a horror anthology could be. And if you would have cut so much to do, and if you would have maybe, you know, tightened up some of the other ones, I think we could have got it to about ninety, ninety-five minutes and it would have it would have been, you know, it would have been close to not not God tier anthology horror, but it it would have been very close.
2: 100, I agree with you 100%, Danny. I actually wrote the very last thing in my notes that I wrote is, lose Girls' Night Out of Body and so much to do and it vastly improves the flow of this film, gets it down to 90, 95 minutes. You know, I don't, I, like I said, I'm sure, you know, Baron Vaughn, who directed this and the, uh, and the star of it, who, who he, Baron Vaughn also stars in it and, and the, uh, the, the female co-lead, you know, they, they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're perfectly fine. The the material that they're given, but horror anthologies are make or break, and a, a segment like this, just it's it's like hitting a brick wall when yeah. you're when you're into a film. It's like, man, you know the fact that I don't fast forward through this by this point after seeing it three or four times, you know, it, it's is surprise surprise myself.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think that what. Um that particular one suffers from is the same thing that mister suffers from where it has so many elements in it and when you tell such a short story you really just need like one to maybe two elements you know but this one it's like you know he's he's abducted he has to dig his own grave he has this like omega symbol on his head he comes back in sort of like a, a smoke cloud then he possesses the girl and i get the the joke throughout is like I have so much to do, but it's really I'm just gonna like watch TV, right? I get that. That's clever. Yeah. I like that. But then there's like the whole show that they're watching and they, they do video for the show. It's like too much in one. The, it's
1: one just... the one thing that I that I actually do like about this and that I think could have been its own short, a better short, is the idea that the 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 female lead all she wants, all she cares about is not having the show that she's going to go home and binge spoiled. And it kind of leaves off where I got the impression she was driving. She gets a text that spoils the show and she gets in her car and drives off. And you get the impression she's going off to kill the, the <laughs> friend. And I'm like, that's a funny idea. Of yeah. like somebody killing their friend for <laughs> spoiling, especially yeah. in like the modern age of TV with binge worthy stuff and social media and everybody saying, Don't post spoilers. The idea yeah. of a killer, like that would have been a great idea. And unfortunately it's the literal last thing that happens before they get to the final part of the anthology.
2: Yeah, yeah no, I, I completely agree. I had a similar thing watching, I remember watching Jay and Silent Bob reboot for the first time and the credits are filled with the credits and these aren't even bloopers in the, in, the, in these credits, these scenes that they're showing. I'm like, these are some of the best scenes shot for this. They're not even in the film and they're not bloopers. So what the fuck are they doing playing during the credits? I mean, again, I'm just saying, using that as, as an example of, like, this thing that happens at the very end, it's like, why didn't you use this? This is a great idea. You know, and the license plate says, anyone, it says, I smoke 3Y3SMOK. It says, I smoke for license plate. Again, what, what the fuck is, this? again, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop. I don't want to be mean. I don't like the segment, but I'm not going to be, I'm not gonna be a prick about it I just I just I don't like it and it's 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 I find it frustrating <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I, I stop there. <laughs> well you know like
0: when I was in college I um, was editor in chief of a literary magazine right and you would get everybody that went to the college that wanted to contribute and you would have a vision for the magazine and you would have all these different stories and and you had to always kind of be aware of the feel right and so I think that, like, what you guys were saying was that maybe if you take out girls' night out of body, if you take out so much to do, the movie would feel like a bit more consistent. The tone would be kind of more consistent, uh, and it would be like much more streamlined. But, it, but on the other regard, I like that. But I, I do like that they're doing something different too. I just, I just wish yeah. that, like, you know, G- girls' night out of body was like a little bit more clear. Maybe they got rid of that serial killer aspect and focus more on like the body morphing right and that uh with this movie um you know so much to do they just stick with that joke of i have so much to do and it's i'm just watching a tv show and do the spoiler but just take out that omega thing take out the smoke thing maybe just have it be that the guy's a ghost like he died and he comes back yeah. a or something you know that's just my two cents yeah
2: yeah, yeah no listen I, I i i'm not saying that neither either of those don't work yeah. i just feel like they don't work well in this film you know, Girls Night Out of Body would have been a terrific segment. And uh, there was a movie came out a few years ago with all female directors, a horror anthology called XX, which is which is very good. And I'm like, every time I watch Scare Package, I'm like, oh my god, Girls Night Out, Girls Night Out of Body would be terrific, just dropped right in the middle of XX because it's not that long, and it doesn't really take too much away from what's going on. Yep. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that um, so much to do wouldn't fit in someplace else either but let you bring up a very good point pete how it is good in the sense that it changes it up uh okay. but but it's 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 very much a mixed bag yeah be yeah. to be polite it's very much the mixed bag
1: i feel like i liked girls night out of body a little bit more than both of you but it it was uh I, I i just enjoyed i i think i enjoyed I think I enjoyed it because of, uh, you know, the the idea that in Rad Chad's, it, it fits into this, that ridiculous, you know, wh- you you said it was like the post-feminist slasher, which like it, it has all those little genre elements. I thought it looked really cool. I thought the soundtrack throughout this whole anthology is awesome, by the way. And I think that, like, that part has uh, pretty good music throughout. And it's also short. Like, it, it didn't, like, i don't feel like uh, girls night out of body stayed around long enough to annoy me whereas mm. uh the other the other section that we so much to do I, so much i, I oh i for, already forgot the title of it I, <laughs> it it goes on just a little bit too long and it really killed the momentum for me but yeah like Chris said i don't want i don't want to kill I don't want to like be too negative yeah.
2: You yeah. I mean, know, we and,
1: probably just weren't. But.
2: And there's not, a, there's not a ton of horror in either of those. The grossest thing that happens in Girls' Night Out of Body is, I mean, every time I see that lollipop just laying on the carpet, I want to throw up. Because uh, I know I know someone's going to lick it. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is a hotel or a motel or like grandma's house or something. I'm like, this is like way too, way too much. But uh, again, something that I want I don't want to forget to talk about what saves this film in the weaker areas is how good the wraparound story is. I, I don't know if you guys are like me in that. I'm like, for the first time in a long time, watching horror anthology films, I so much look forward to getting back to that wraparound story every time.
1: I just love I loved all three of those characters. Yeah. There's, there's this amazing part of the wraparound where set up from like the very beginning where when he hires uh Han uh, Han, Han and, yeah. Yeah, and he hires him and there's this door that says do not enter and he's like if you go in there I'll kill you and every time they focus on the door Aaron B. Coons who I think he was the director of the wraparound and, and that part he like zooms in on it in this real like obvious this is a horror movie thing, you know, way where it's like, don't, you don't want to go back there. And then later on in the movie, he's eating a muffin and he, like, Horn uh, <laughs> peeks in the door and he's like, MacGuffin? Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> and I was friggin' dying. And it turns out, of course, that, that the, there is nothing scary at all behind that door. It's just, it, the way they set that up and make you think about it. For, because like, I was fully expecting the first time I saw it that that was going to be the where the wraparound story led to. And it turns out it's just a MacGuffin and they played that off so freaking well. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and so I guess we're up to that last uh, story, yeah. right?
0: So, so why don't we talk about where the wraparound leads to? It, it leads to a horror hypothesis, right? And the the idea, Rad Chad gets abducted by Han and he's brought to this experiment where they're essentially trying to figure out how the tropes of horror works or like what's the science behind the tropes of horror. And he's in this sort of kind of like Saw scenario. But I mean, this is not just Saw, but there's many, many horror movies that have this situation where it's a bunch of strangers in a room and Rad Chad just breaks them down by their uh, horror movie trope, right? You know, you're the job. You're the slut, he says. And and, and the way that
2: he... You're inter- a British? British. Did, I
0: go to British?
1: <laughs> Did I know the British?
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. And, and so... um, I love Rat Chat so much. Yeah. And, and, he, and that's what he calls himself, the Randy. He's like, I'm the horror movie geek, you know? Of and, course and, he's a character. I'm Randy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so so I was going to ask you, uh, Danny, that has a wrestler in it, right? It has... Uh, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes, Rhodes, right, right, yeah. and, and so uh, he plays the Devil's Lake Impaler, who's basically Rich. the flasher that they Rich. described.
1: Oh, no, I was just gonna say the Devil's Lake Impaler is both an amazing horror movie villain name and a great wrestling name and a great wrestler's finishing move name. Because like I could just picture like he's a legit like six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound guy. And I could totally see him like picking somebody up and dropping them, and hearing like the announcer go, "Oh, the Devil's Lake Impaler!" <laughs> like it just, it everything about that worked for me. Yeah, I'm a I'm a super wrestling geek, and that was like the perfect confluence of my two biggest geekdoms was uh, horror movies and wrestling coming together, and that was pretty awesome. And yeah. he's great. I,
0: like, yeah, go i think that laster cast fans are aware that you're a horror movie geek because pretty much every single episode you make a, a wrestling reference and then you guys always every episode king cast it's like we might as well just be a sponsor for the king cast. Yeah. we drop it <laughs> every episode <man>. so <laughs> my goal
1: my goal with the king cast is i would like to get on the king cast oh to talk about a movie that I'm pretty sure of, and a short story that I'm pretty sure no one on earth likes as much as I do, and it's Graveyard Shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure that is my I would I think I can go on record and say that's my favorite guilty pleasure horror movie. It's it's not good. It's got one of the greatest villains, over the top cheesy villain performances. Brad Dourif is there. There's a giant rat monster i fucking love it i love the short story king cast book me i am available let's go yeah. there you go same here <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know we might get some you know responses to this video you know because i know there's a lot of fans of this movie and there is one big fan that makes an appearance at the end of this sequence right and that just blew my freaking head open when he showed up mr joe bob briggs himself shows up in this uh-huh. sequence.
2: Uh, terrific. What a ter- what a terrific cameo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's used nah, he's just perfectly. He's used perfectly.
1: Yeah. And his little back and forth with Chad is oh, just so amazing. Good. Where like Chad is trying to keep... Ge- and, and again, we've all had those moments where it's like you go to a horror convention and you see this person who you've idolized for years and they're just like... Yeah, whatever, kid. And you
2: like and and, and he, I think he called Chad calls Joe Bob dad at one point. He does. No, oh. yeah. well, no, no. You know Joe, Joe Bob calls him Brad and right. he calls Joe Bob dad. I fucking died. <laughs> like I I I I mean, listen, do you know what it takes when to make you laugh out loud when you're sitting alone watching something? Like this movie's a testament. It's got it's got great moments. And this segment alone has got so many great moments. First of all, first time ever a treadmill kill?
1: Yeah, yeah. That scene is fantastic. Was oh, a
2: treadmill god. kill? Yeah, he drops. The, I love that the jock is dressed like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I love that there is there's an aliens reference at some point with the meters right, up on right. the up on the TV screen. Right. Um, so I love the oh my god, Chad says He's like, where'd you guys get your flashlights? I brought mine. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, so I Chris, need- you, you brought up that Aliens uh, reference. I wrote down everything that was on the screen. So it's like a you are here map oh, with the yeah. alien beeps. And every time I hear that beep, I just hear Bill Paxton's voice.
2: Yep. Going, yes. yes. All- I'm like,
1: like freaking I, out in Aliens. But... They uh, it says you are here, and then there's Outpost 31, which is the thing, thing. uh, H- Herbert West's lab, reanimated, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: uh, the Cenobite Cafe. Oh, is it? oh, I didn't uh, see that. Okay, for the top server, server room 237, shining, uh, and then there's uh, Pete, you brought up VHS, there's the VHS archive room. And then the other one is the Delta eighty one testing facility, which I think is a reference to the car in Evil Dead that is in all of Sam Raimi's movies.
2: Yes, I, th- I believe, I believe it is. I believe it is. Can we also talk about uh, when placed within fourteen meters of any American made car, the engine will not start in seventeen to eighteen cases? And it's just a picture of it's a silhouette of a guy with a knife, fucking died, which comes into play later on so in probably that one of my board-
1: that board that has all the, the map also has a list of seven things on it. And all seven of those things happen. It, you got to go back and check it out. It's like, it, it, it's very much like the board in Cabin in the Woods, where you just want to pause it and look at it and revel yeah. in all the geekdom from it. And that's that's one of the things that's great about Scare Package is this is the perfect movie to get together with a group of horror geeks like us, if we weren't in quarantine and, you know, and and if we were in, you know, Jen's old basement, uh, our our friend Jen used to have movie nights in the, in the basement of her old house. And this is like the perfect kind of movie where everybody could just get together and just yell out every horror reference that they spot, you know, 20 years ago it would have been a drinking game. And we were, but you know, now we're too old for that stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah. I also, I also love that there. See, there. So there's two guys. There's a movie that came out a few years ago called Beyond the Gates, yeah. and it's a movie that I didn't love the first time I saw it, but I've actually grown to love it because it's become one of those movies. It's just very. It's like a warm horror blanket. You can throw it on anytime and watch it, and it stars Chase Williamson, who is in this, and Graham Skipper. Graham Skipper was in that. He was in B, uh, BFW. He was. He's a Joe
1: Bagos West- guy.
2: Yeah, Big Joe Bagos guy. And Chase Williamson is in this. He plays the stoner, but he's also been in The Guest, Greenlight, Beyond the Gates. Like I said, all the creatures were stirring. He's a guy that pops up in a lot of modern-day genre films. And he's got some terrific moments in this. At one point, he says, "Uh," he's like, fuck yeah, Chad. And then he does the, when him and the girl escape, uh, the elevator, and get outside. Uh, you know, Radchat's Horror Emporium. the 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 killer uh, has a backstory, and it's that his younger brother died of cancer. So this, this whole thing, right? Out of nowhere, Chase Williamson shows up with like almost like Daisy Duke's on low top chucks and half of his head shaved off, like fucking Corey Feldman in Friday the Thirteenth. I laugh and, and what I, I wrote down I didn't want to forget the quote it's me Jimmy I beat the cancer he keeps saying this over and over again and there's then there's a theme song that accompanies it called this can't be real This can't be happening like I'm like this is like thank God this is where the movie ends because you want to talk about fucking soaring on a high note this last segment is terrific
0: yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, that's kind of bringing it, like wrapping it up in a nice little bow there. Like, do you think it's time for us to start ranking these bad boys?
1: Uh, I just wanna bring up one tiny bit of trivia. At the very end, right when he dresses up as uh, Corey Feldman, uh, they, they're they standing outside the video store, Rad Chat's Horror Emporium, and there's a poster on the door for a movie called Camera Obscura, which I, I'm like that title sounds familiar, and it's because I'd been Googling Aaron B. Coons and Cameron Burns, and apparently that was a movie that they worked on together, and that uh, it was co-written by them and directed by Aaron B. Coons before he did this. So they like self-promoted their own movie, which is always like a fun little Easter egg. Oh yeah, I love stuff like that. Absolutely. Or references. I'm
2: also, I'm, I'm also sad that there unfortunately will be no future Rad Chad Joe Bob Briggs adventures, which is really the spin-off I wanted from this because I need I need those two together again in something. Rad Chad they, is my fucking hero. They could
1: do Hogzilla too. Oh, my <laughs>
2: Jesus. oh my god.
1: You know Darcy would get it on uh, the last drive-in.
2: Oh yeah. Oh. That'd be phenomenal.
1: <laughs> right after she gets
2: season of the witch on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to. I'm ready to rank these bitches. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: how about this? Since you guys are more the horror aficionados, I'll give you my ranking first. I want to see your facial reactions while I'm doing it. Okay. So, uh, my my least favorite. I'm going from least to favorite. Okay. My least favorite is Girls Night Out of Body. Okay. Then followed by So Much to Do. So eight, seven, So Much to Do uh mister is my six then um five i have cold open then for four i have rad chad's arm emporium uh three i have the night he came back again part four the final kill and then two i have horror hypothesis and one i have one time in the woods
2: so is that that sounds about right <laughs> where where now, do we differ?
1: So you so originally I ranked them out of eight, but then I I compiled Rad Chad's Horror Emporium into Horror Hypothesis because
0: okay. seven.
1: So yeah, so uh, counting down from seven being my least favorite to number one being my favorite. Uh, so much to do, uh, Mister at number six. Uh, the Night He Came Back Again, part four. The final kill is number five. I actually put Girls' Night Out of Body at number four. I, I did kind of enjoy it. Number three, I put The Cold Open. Number two is the Horror Hypothesis, r- Rad Chad, Horror Emporium combo. And then, yeah, number one, by a country mile, one time in the woods. Excellent. I could watch. I, could, I, I might go watch that again right now. I fucking love it.
2: Excellent. <sighs> Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go least to best. Um, obviously, my least favorite is so much to do, and again, I'm you know it's just it's just it's just it's a brick wall for me whenever I watch this film. It's just like I can't help but be like, all right, well this isn't that long, so we'll get through it. <laughs> um, next up would be um, 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 I'm sorry, too many ums. Uh, Girls Night Out of Body again, fine, not terrific. Um, I'd have to put Mister after that, followed by. Uh, I, I, know, I, guess, I guess I can combine Rad Chat's Horror Emporium and Horror Hi- Hypothesis. They, they, would, they would be neck and neck anyway. They would be my second. And, of course, my first is One Time in the Woods. It's so but, – but I will say this, Horror Hypothesis, it comes – it's very close. It could easily, with a few more watches, Horror Hypothesis and One Time in the Woods could be neck and neck. They, uh, by far and away, stand out amongst all of them yeah yeah and the song the song pushes it over for me the so one day i will grow to love this can't be real so much that it will make horror hypothesis surpass one time in the woods <laughs> if i sing it every time it's over now
0: yeah yeah um yeah when, when he's pointing out the tropes of the people that that might be one of the funniest parts in the whole movie yeah. but i think that the bulk of the funniest parts in the whole movie are in one time in the woods you know
2: oh yeah when the, when the girl gets when you find out that the uh that the um um the virgin and like the final girl and the promiscuous girl are not the same and then he goes impaled or he says impaler and it's <laughs> like because every promiscuous girl you know gets impaled as a sign of like well you know you've now been penetrated you know, and he's, like, oh, he's, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like,
1: impaler. Uh, <laughs> and there's, a, there's also the great scene where he's like, I bet you those two are off having sex. And then you hear, like, her moaning, but and, and the guy is bent down what looks like between her legs, but he's really being, like, a really nice guy, and she has a huge gaping wound in her leg, and he's, like, wrapping it, and she's, like, pulling off parts of her shirt, but to use as, like, bandages. Yeah. So it's just, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, this, this <laughs> yeah, is. Definitely,
2: it's definitely the most. It's definitely the most impressed I've been with a, hol- a horror anthology in quite a while. I wasn't super impressed with Nightmare Cinema, uh, which was something that I wanted to love. I kind of hated the wraparound story for that. It just seemed, it just, it, it like it takes a, it's in a movie theater. It should make sense, but like Mickey Rourke is like like the main like the storyteller i'm like this is terrible the wraparound
1: story is mickey rourke collects a paycheck
2: yeah basically that's basically it uh (laughs) holidays is another one that's disappointing although i will say this if you've never seen holidays father's day with jocelyn donahue that is the standout of the entire film i also like the
1: easter one i don't yeah,
2: yeah. The, the Valentine's the, the Valentine Day one, That's I think it's the same directors who did Starry Eyes in the Pet Cemetery, the new Pet Cemetery adaptation. I think they did Valentine's Day. And there's one uh, called Skeletons in the Closet, which is a fucking abomination. I don't normally do more than one Stardust video. I did two for this because I was... That, it takes a lot for me to be angry after a film is over. Skeletons in the Closet actually angered me. Uh, so, again, not did since, you see?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, did
2: you see Southbound? I've actually never seen Southbound.
1: So, Southbound was one of those movies where it literally, on every streaming service, it was in my watch list queue, and I just never got around to it until about a month ago, and it's really good. It's very good. One of the better modern, I think it was like 2016 maybe one of the better horror anthologies I've seen in a while, it's 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 more of a serious, uh, you know, the stories are more serious horror than this, which is obviously more tongue-in-cheek. You know, we're sitting here laughing hysterically about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, so. scare, scare Package, like Pete said earlier, Scare Package is really, if you're looking for a modern-day creep show, that's, I mean, listen, and, and it could be, I I would go as far as to say, if you want to list a flaw for this film, maybe it is, maybe it does lean too heavily towards just horror fans. But if there's anything that we've all learned by now, horror anthology films do not perform successfully amongst the general public. Mm. That's why they're so hard to get made. That's why you don't, so you haven't seen one in the theater in 30 years. They the general public just doesn't know what to do with them. Mm. Or really, and, and they know that horror fans love them. So I guess in a way, like you look at it from one perspective, it's a flaw, but you look at it from another perspective, and it's like, well, why wouldn't they just cater to their target demo anyway?
0: Yeah. Well, guys, what about isn't there this really excellent horror anthology that just got released on Shudder? Uh, I believe it's called Veronica. <laughs> oh man.
2: Erotica is, I think Danny may. I think I, I think we've had a conversation about this. Danny might disagree with me. I the best way to describe it. I'm not saying it is exactly this, but I feel like the best way to describe it is it is Tommy Wiseau's The Room for horror fans. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's it. So you, but here's like the a thing.
2: As like a snippet, that's the best way I could think to describe it. To sound yeah. it.
1: the thing is though, and 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 I love The Room, but. Tommy Wiseau made a serious movie that was so bad. And now Tommy Wiseau, all these years later, has kind of like been like, oh, of course I made a comedy. Uh-huh. And he's like <laughs> gone what, along what, what's with story, it. Danny? <laughs> oh, don't be silly, Mark. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I feel like 20 years from now, Danzig's going to be like, oh, Veronica? Yeah, you know I did that as a joke, right? But yeah. he totally means this to be a serious horror film. He he I bet you when he like had the final cut, he was like, This is fucking gold. This is this is the <laughs> yeah. other. He, he came out after
2: the initial screening in LA came out. And like one of the first things he said was, he's like, I, I hadn't realized I made as much of a, a comedy. I, I I didn't realize. But like he didn't like people were just laughing because they, not out of disrespect, they just didn't know what to do with <laughs> what they were being shown, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's I don't.
2: Fucking wild.
0: Yeah, I don't think I have an inmate to watch it for the Lasser cast. But no, oh, no I don't it. have an inmate to talk
2: about. Some, it. some some have even said I, I have a buddy of mine who's like. I can't believe you're telling people to watch this. I'm like, they should watch it. He's like, bro, just tell people to watch Red Letter Media's review of it, yes. and 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 you know what? I would say their review of it is fantastic. It it shows you anything and everything you need to know. So if you want to skip the movie and just watch Red Letter, it, it's their their review is is spot on. It's perfect.
0: Yeah. So what we do have coming up though, right? That I do feel like watching is uh, Chris has actually put together this great video talking about our 31 days of Halloween. And uh, I think we can kind of talk about this right now for two seconds if you guys are cool with that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and you guys can watch Chris's video. Definitely watch it. It's very entertaining. But what we're going to do for our channel is each one of us guys are going to watch 10 horror movies for Halloween. And we're going to rotate. So Chris watches a movie. Danny watches a movie. I watch a movie. You know, and then we put a video up every day you know, Chris puts up his video one day, then Danny puts up his video, then I put up my video. On the third day, you guys are gonna vote to decide which movie you like the most out of those three. And by the end of the whole Halloween season, we'll see whose movie's got the most votes, you know? And and we, our our choices are pretty random. You know, I I wouldn't say that like, like Chris has got kind of a theme, Danny's got a theme too. Mine are a bit more random. But it, it's not like we all did slashers. It's not like we all did a certain genre. It's all over the map. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And another thing that I'm really looking forward to is the fact that Blind Manner, the funding of Blind Manner comes out in days. And so we what we're gonna do here on the last cast is we're gonna watch three well, I know these guys are gonna watch like every episode like in two days, but we're <laughs> gonna watch and review three episodes at a time, and we're gonna do that once per week for October so definitely yep. down with that
2: um Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait.
0: <laughs> so um you guys can look for that first video that chris is going to post that's going to be coming up uh probably on september 30th right like the day before yeah. october starts and then from october 1st october 31st you're going to get Lastercast content every single freaking day yeah so,
2: yeah wait it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun month yeah, a lot. Huh? Of, a lot of, so you're gonna be seeing our faces a lot. So either you're welcome or we're sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and as you can it's tell, most- I've gone back to work in person, and I'm like just already super tired. Like I feel like I'm gonna look like the puddle of goo guy. Like over the course of October. Oh,
1: my eyes are. Oh. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I said now that I'm doing remote learning at work, I'm going to staring at a screen literally all day. That I'm I'm gonna by Halloween I'll probably be blind. So. I, I, my eyes will fall out like the goo guy in one time in the woods. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's, it's
1: the most wonderful time of the year. It's, it's great. Like I going spirit Halloween is like, it, I, I took, you know, yeah, I, I have an, un, an unbagging video up on the channel. My, my daughter and I did together and all she wants to do is go back. I think Monday we're going back to spirit Halloween, uh, because we're off from work. Uh, they're, they're already opening one closer to my house. It, my wallet can't handle it, it's, it's, but it, it's great. It's great.
2: It's awesome, man. It's Listen, it, come, it comes once a year. Life's too short, so go out there, get your blood on someone else's blood, and if you've got a butterfly ankle tattoo, enjoy it, because you never know <laughs> yes. what's gonna happen.
0: Thanks so much for listening to our review of Scare Package. Like I said, if you want to check out the video for it, head on over to YouTube, type in three words, The lasser Cast, and you will see my Chris and Danny's handsome faces. For the next episode, Chris and Danny return to Bly Manor to review episodes four through six. So I won't be around for that one, but Chris and Danny do a fantastic job. So make sure to check in with us then. All right, horror fans.